Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Welcome to today's show. This is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I happen to be the founder of Journey to Success Radio, also creator of the Journeys to Success uh, book series, international best-selling book series now uh, in volume eight that we're looking for authors for. Also, the world's most well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor. We have an amazing show today. That not only is the guest amazing, but we have my favorite co-host for today, Brad. <laughs> Brad's birthday is today, and he's in Las Vegas celebrating. It's still the morning in Las Vegas, so we got him before he started imbibing. Welcome to the <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank you. I appreciate being on today's show. And I didn't know I was your favorite co-host. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do and maybe a website. Sure, sure. I'm the international award-winning author of Liquid Leadership, and that sounds like a fancy title, but basically I help corporations understand the generational divide in their companies today and teach them how to lead in this 21st century world that we live in right now. And I'm excited, by the way, with today's guest because it happens to be her birthday as well. Am I correct, Tom? Exactly. I think she's younger than you, but I know it is her birthday. And so pretty exciting. Uh, Batrin Grinberg, she's an experienced entrepreneur. She specializes in, in advanced working techniques for the digital era. She founded MC Forum, a training center for B2B marketers and My Method a time efficiency method for tech companies. She teaches her advanced working techniques to startups and tech companies in Tel Aviv, San Francisco, and New York, and focuses on how to use only the positive aspects of technology, how to balance between work and personal life, and how to thrive in our chaotic information era. Her career included many major milestones, such as producing the biggest failure conference worldwide, want to find out about that, being named the catalyst behind the Amy Award winner and Oscar-nominated documentary, Waltz with Bashir. Patren is married, mother of two boys. She lives in kibbutz and is a fierce activist for independent journalism, government transparency, ensuring democracy and human rights in Israel. And you're right, Brad, it's her birthday today, and she's flying to the U.S., present workshops in San Francisco and New York. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Brad. Really, really happy to be here with you guys on my birthday. It's really, really exciting. We have to pretend we're blowing out a candle and saying you happy birthday and everything, right? So right. I, I, I love the bio setup part of this because your background is amazing. I mean, we're in a day and age where women empowerment is happening all over the world and you are standing and delivering in the center of that. And I find that incredibly exciting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that before we go into your, your standard questions? But I think you're a shining example of empowering women all over the world. And you probably don't think of yourself as an icon. You're just getting it done. Am I right? Very true. <laughs> Very true. 
What um, made you do that? Is, is your mom a strong woman or, or yeah, your husband? Yeah. yeah, first of all, I had a really good example at home. My mother was, uh, she had a career, like a thriving career, and uh, she traveled the world. And um, that was my model for sure. And you're right that the fact that I was able to do so many things in the past 10 years, taken that I'm a woman, is not something to be taken for granted because really giving birth and raising two little boys while working on new businesses and trying you know, to juggle between everything and thrive in it is a real big, huge challenge for women. And it's really something that the economy isn't taken, taking into consideration. You know, women aren't getting any easy, you know, we're not getting any help, not from our government, <laughs> not yeah. really supporting what we're doing. So it's really is a huge, huge challenge. And thank you for acknowledging that. Sure. Well, I, I had to give you some props. My mom was a very strong woman, so I grew up around that. She would just get up and go, I'm, I'm going out. And my dad would be like, where are you going? And she'd just hop in the car and go do something. And I'd go with her. And so uh, I appreciate that. But it sounds, you know, as we're digging into this interview, it sounds a little bit like you're not just living what you're doing. You're also teaching it. And I, I know you developed a method for how people work. I'd like you to talk about that because this is really unique in this day and age. We're almost... I can't even put it into words. You, you can probably explain it better, but we're no longer living in like a brick and mortar world where you go to the job or you go do something and you're inundated with all this technology all at once. People are having sleep deprivation problems from their, their technology and things like that. And you've developed a way of working, a my method sort of thing. I'd like you to talk about that because I think this is incredibly important in this day and age. Yes, thank you. The thing is about really the challenge between balancing work and life has been increasingly, increasingly difficult because of the digital era that we now live in. So in the past 10 years, since Steve Jobs introduced the, the smartphone, all of a sudden, the way we communicate and the way we work changed rapidly, and we really need to make adjustments. And it's like a new set of tools that we need to adjust to in order to thrive in this very challenging, this disruptive communication environment where we're constantly distracted and our attention is being challenged. And all of a sudden, I realized that through all the things that I was doing, I realized that many people around me don't get to answer their emails. Many people don't get to go, you know, return their phone calls or they run behind their tasks and they run behind their most important objectives in their lives. They don't get to them. And I really saw and heard so many people around me saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I'm stressed and this is not a good time. It's now hectic around me. But then you realize it's all hectic times now. And there isn't really an easygoing month in your life when you can just, you know, push everything that you left behind and then get them finished with. Every month of the year, I've all of a sudden been incredibly busy and overwhelming with urgent things happening around you. So there really isn't any more flexibility for people to say, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it in August. August is quiet. No, August is no longer quiet. I mean, no month of that year is, is quiet these days. Yeah. So when I realized that I was getting things done and I was always returning my phone calls and always getting back on my emails and never falling back on my tasks and objectives, then I realized that maybe I was doing something that needs to be taught the way that I'm playing around the technology and having a very strong set of values and principles that I work around. And then combining technology in them, integrating them into my set of values and principles, 
I realized that, you know, there is a method combined in those two worlds and that I need to share it. So then two years ago, I've developed this seminar and now I've been teaching it. And I've been getting wonderful feedbacks from everyone who's done this workshop saying, yes, you have a really simple method once you get into the state of mind that I teach. So it's really not about what apps I use. It's not only about the apps I use, it's how I use them, how I integrate them, how I work around them. So it's really about the state of mind that I work under. Well, let me ask you a question. You're talking about the state of mind that you're in and all these other things, but let's delve a little bit into, you kind of, you're talking about how people have to now become sort of aware in the way they work. They have to be almost thoughtful and aware and awake in what they're doing. Tell us about that. What I'm teaching, so one of my like core principles that I teach is, well, there's several core principles. I'm just looking at my notebook, trying to figure out which one to start with, because it's like <laughs> so overwhelming to try and teach, you know, sound it is. Is, is challenging on its own. So what I teach people basically is not necessarily how to manage their time, but how to manage their energy and how to be aware of the energy levels and uh, types that they have throughout the day. And it's easier for people who are independent or, you know, entrepreneurs to implement it. And it's a little bit more difficult for people who are hired and don't have full control over their schedules. Uh, so if you have 100% control on your schedule, it's really, really easy then to tune in your day and according to your energy levels and energy preferences. But when you're working inside a company and you're part of a team, then you can really take in about 80 to 90% but you will have 10% where your schedule is not in your control. So if you want me to elaborate about the thing about energy. So I'd love to hear about that because honestly, yeah. and I'll tell you why, Tom, you can jump in here. I know Tom suffers from a de sometimes debilitating pain. I myself, I'm a big fan of energy. You know, and it, uh, Some of you are listening in right now. You're, you're probably thinking, what is this, this new age mumbo jumbo and all that nonsense. But in today's business climate, People are bringing their personal to the stage because, you know, if you're a phenomenal father at home, why can't you use that nurturing communication skill when you get to work? And if you're a, a person who is like me, I'm a very interpersonal individual, I'm probably the best person you need for your sales pitches, for interpersonal communication in the office, things like that. It's each person has an innate type of energy that they're bringing to the table and the business world can sometimes drain you and i think what you're talking about you're going to elaborate a little bit more on that by is the person has to monitor almost like a barometer inside themselves where they are the strongest and most effective during the day and then when they hit that milestone in the middle of the day where they feel they have to go get a cup of coffee and you know, maybe oh, I can't get through this or they try to push through it and they really don't get through the job done because they're working with depleted energy. You're, you have techniques that will help with that. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Very correct. Really being aware of the energy levels and types, as I said, that you have during the day and they change all the time. So I'll just explain that one of the uh, main topics of my seminar is the initials are HIME, and HIME stands for High Impact Minimum Effort. And we want to understand each of our, in each of our tasks, when is the right HIME for it? When am I going to do this task that's going to require the least amount of uh, energy from me, and it's going to give me a huge impact that I'm looking for? 
And each of our tasks has a different time. And each of us have a different time. I mean, it's a very subjective term, so I'll just give you an example. For some people to conduct work, you know, like long phone calls, not just, you know, how are you or stuff, but really phone calls where you need to be, you give your 15 or 30 minutes of your time and be focused on your phone call. For some people, this task would be easier and will require a minimum amount of energy if they do it in the morning. And for others like myself, noontime would be best for this type of task because in the morning it will require a big amount of energy from me to conduct long phone calls because I'm not a morning person and whatever. So for my husband, for example, for him to get in the car at seven o'clock in the morning and get on phone calls. And by the time he gets to the office, he's done with half of his tasks. You know, he's done. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's, he's into it. You know, he can have like 10 phone calls in a row just sitting in traffic in the morning. And he's all, you know, up to beat with that. But for me, you know, not before one o'clock in the afternoon, I would rather schedule my long phone calls for noontime, and then I'll just group them together and have them done at one or two hours straight. And right. that's how I'm going to tackle that kind of task. So each of us has a different high for each one of those tasks, and we need to develop our awareness to it. So for example, for some people to go on sports activities in the morning would be their high, for others in the afternoon, for others at night. And for some people to write a document, write a concept, you know, be creative. For me, it would be 10 o'clock at night. For others, it will be 7 o'clock in the morning. For some, it will be 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So every task that we do, preparing presentations, working on Excel sheets, phone calls, meetings, face-to-face meetings, virtual meetings. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm sorry to laugh, but Ken, you have nailed something down that I have felt guilty about for years because I've always had business partners, uh, even my wife and friends and family. They get on my case because I'm not that productive at certain times, but they're expecting to be productive. And I always thought, you know, oh, I'm just going to do busy work here and try and get stuff done. And guess what happened? I would waste so much time. And now you're telling me, okay, that was smart of me to start working at 10 o'clock at night. And I got more done at 10 o'clock at night to one o'clock in the morning than if I had just been, you know, trying to push through the whole eight hour day. I got more done in those four hours. So anybody who's listening, I want you to realize each and every one of us has a cycle of productivity that's unique to each and every person. And Beth Hen, what what her program does is help you nail that down. Uh, Do you have any stories, uh, happy clients that have taken your workshop and what they've gotten the most out of it. Because to me, this is incredibly powerful because we're in a day and age where you can be bombarded at seven o'clock in the morning with text messages, messengers, video conference, all of a sudden, and we're living in this, what, what do they call it? It's a shiny object syndrome is what it is because we're jumping from thing to thing. So, and by the way, before you tell the story, where can we get a hold of you and register for one of your workshops here in the States, especially. Yeah, well, I'm coming into San Francisco next week, so I'll be giving two seminars on February 21st and February 22nd. They'll nice. be hosted at uh, the WeWork offices at Transbay, San Francisco. Okay. And how do they get a hold of you if they want to register for any of these? Well, they go into my website. It's worksmarternotharder.tech. Okay work smarter not harder tech and they can see their up- my upcoming workshops on that website and they can sign up for it the seminars are free by the way they're free 
in the Dana Buddhist approach. Are you familiar with the Dana approach? No, no. I'd love to hear this. Tell us. It's an ancient Buddhist method for teaching. And it's what it says is that teacher is generous with its knowledge and time. And it invites everyone to come and learn. And then they can pay with goods or money as they uh, see in days after seminar, uh, whatever they can and whatever they want and feel to. So that's uh, the Dana uh, Buddhist approach and a very, very... I like hearing that. Uh, it's sort of, that's actually the 21st century method of, uh, of work, you know, offer a lot of things for free. And then if someone wants to participate at the next level uh, or pay or contribute, then they do. That's sort of an offering of, of thanks uh, right. on that. So, pay it forward. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's also hard for people to take time off and attend seminars because, you know, time has become so expensive now because uh, it's so hectic in these days. Right. And this approach really helps people with kind of, you know, being more generous to themselves and saying to themselves, yeah, I want to go out of the office and, and put some time off to think and contemplate on the way I work and open my mind to new opportunities or new thinkings. And, it's also, and, and this approach really enables it because it's so hard Good. to you know get in traffic the traffic is hard all over the world right now i have a question that uh i'm asking and of course if i'm asking it i'm not totally crazy other people probably will be asking it I, i've taken uh i've taken efficiency and productivity classes courses time management what's different about yours specifically different and of course uh, some of mine were way in the past so they're maybe not appropriate in today's digital area but era but explain to people what's different from your class from other productivity classes out there that they might have taken you're right that a lot of people knew about time management workshops like 10 years ago but today i teach something completely different because it's not about the theories behind how to manage your tasks it's really my method. I'm going to show, I'm showing my desktop. I'm showing my method of working on my emails and working on my browser and which apps I install on which of my devices, what happens on my tablet, what happens on my mobile, what happens on my laptop, how I integrate them, how I semi-automate those apps all together. So it really is a hands-on. I show my entire method and how it's working for me. And it's been, it's been working really, really well for companies in Tel Aviv. So I'm sure that also all the techies in the U.S. and San Francisco and New York will benefit greatly from it because it's yeah. really well, um, I, I wanted to just jump in here real quick. The reason that we're having this need for time management training, and by the way, time management is not managing time, it's managing yourself. And the thing is, is what happened is back, and we won't discuss age here on my birthday, but when I was in my 30s, I started one of the first dot-com companies to go public on NASDAQ. And I started to realize there was a generational divide in the way people worked. And it seemed like anybody, and remember, this was a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. So fast forward now. And I truly believe anybody who's 40 years of age and younger, they really have been immersed in this new way of working, which is I can handle my emails, I can work remotely, I can go to a coffee shop and write my next great novel, do my job in two hours, go home for the rest of the day, go on the beach, do this. So there's this ongoing way of working. You work where you can work. So you are not nailed down by location. 
Now, anybody who's, let's say, 50 and older, this is really playing with their mind because they're trying to get work done and they're being bombarded left and right with, okay, I need this now. And they're stuck in a linear process of working. And I talk a lot about this in my own keynotes and workshops, this linear way of working where there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And for anybody who's a baby boomer like myself, that you interrupt that cycle of focus and we don't know how to get started back into what we were doing a minute ago. Yeah. So what your workshops do is you really help with this. Yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, our generation, like my generation and younger, I'm just, I just turned 40 today, as you know. Bravo. Um, thank you. Hi, Mazalto, Mazalto. My generation and younger, they have to take some samples from the way the 50 or 60-year-olds people work because drifting away throughout drifting your way throughout a whole day where you just kind of work all the time through all the different devices is not a good way to manage and be effective so they have to take a little bit of samples of the way we used to work before the digital era jumped on us and older generation needs to be more flexible into their approach to tech and apps that they can be installed and help them with so yes. both generations need to take parts of the others because the younger generation is not being very productive at all, although they are all the time available and although they have all the technology in the world available to them, still the productivity levels stay low, the stress levels go way up. Yep. So that isn't working for them either. Uh, and I think the old generation needs to be uh, up to date about what's happening. And they do need to take in some of the more flexible and quick approach to projects. And, and both, you know, both need to, to kind of listen to what the others are doing. And I want to talk a little bit about understanding that being available, always on, has a negative impact on your productivity. People think that if they don't, reply to emails just as they <laughs> landed in their inbox or if they don't answer their messages right as they came into the right. mobile they're under they're not being efficient if they're not quick to reply and always on available to their bosses or colleagues but that exactly is what kills their productivity is that being always available and thinking that you need to attend every message or interruption or notification that just came in as it came in that's like a big no-no. I mean, I'm very well known in my circles to be the person who never replies. But it's not that I never reply. I always reply. I just never reply when the message came in. I always reply on, you know, when is my time to reply to messages. So, so but so, then you're saying you've established boundaries? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I had somebody. I had somebody who wanted me to go into business with them, and they were texting me at nine o'clock at night. They were just texting me whenever, and I realized if I respond back to them, I'm training them on how to treat me, right. and therefore they were going to do this all night till eleven o'clock at night. So what I did is I would not respond. Yeah. From a certain time on, and I let them know I do business from eight thirty to six o'clock. After that. If I respond at all, it's out of courtesy, but I'm not, I am not available after a certain time yeah, and I will let them know that. 
you're not available to take things that aren't urgent. You are available to take things that are urgent. So you need to define together what is an urgent matter that needs, that needs your attention. So they know to approach you only for the urgent matters that need to be predefined. And did, that did, way, everybody, you know, did everybody hear that? Write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it really brings me to another real pain point. People tend to consider everything to be urgent. Right. People tend to consider many things to be urgent, although right. they aren't. And so people who work with clients, you know, like digital agencies that I work with, and, you know, they say, I need to attend to my client. If he calls me at 9 o'clock, he's my client. I cannot not respond to him. And I said, fine, you have to respond, but it needs to be only for urgent issues. It cannot be that every day you're going to take phone calls at nine o'clock, taking away your time with your family, taking away your time with yourself, taking away time that was meant for sports, for leisure, for thinking, for sleeping, for enjoying entertaining uh, entertainment. You can't be disrupted uh, all the time, distracted all the time by clients who just want to consider everything that they're doing as urgent. For their ego, you know, purpose or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so people forget that really urgent matters are rare and and are what's the word for it? Everybody uh, thinks everything's urgent. Them, you know, we don't. We don't really have many things that are urgent in our day. Um, true. Uh, ER, you know, <laughs> doctors have urgent matters coming in throughout their day. For most knowledge workers. Urgent is something is 10% of the work. 90% of the work is not urgent. It's important. It needs to be done, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be done today. It can wait for tomorrow morning. And then right. we're getting free time for today to do other things that are also beneficial to us. And lots of people don't really understand how crucial it is to leave time to think and rest and let your mind process. It's interesting. So they fill up their day with, with distractions all the time, thinking that busy equals productive and efficient, but right. it really it's isn't. It's, what about it, passionate it's entrepreneurs, not- though? Think about a passionate entrepreneur. Like They just love their business. They don't even think they're working, and they don't care if it's 6 a.m. or 9 p.m., and, and they're excited what the next email could be. It could be a sale. It could be a contract. Uh, this would be harder to train entrepreneurs, I think, to do than... Well, than single training. entrepreneurs, I would say, because once you have a family and you have kids, and all <laughs> right. of a sudden your schedule runs around other are important things that you need to attend to. When you're single, it's like you have a 24 hours day work. Because there's no limitations. You can work 24 hours. No one's going to tell you to stop. When you're married, when you have children, you have a family, all of a sudden you have all these boundaries you need to work around with. But that's actually good for you because lots of mothers know that before they became mothers, they worked for 10 hours. And then just after they became mothers, all of a sudden they get the same amount of work done in seven hours. Hmm. mothers know that mothers know that it's exactly the same amount of work that they've got done but in three or four hours less time how is that happening is that a magic is that you know it really is happening because you can get a lot of things done in six seven hours you don't need a whole 10 hours for but when you have that time then you fill it up but yeah you can really do a lot. You, do, you can do really well with a lot less. And, you know, I've been to the army and whoever's been to the army knows 
that before you go into the army, you, you think of five minutes as, oh, five minutes, I, I won't get to do anything in five minutes. Once you go through basic training, all of a sudden you realize that five minutes is a long time where lots of things can happen in five minutes. So right. Israelis can relate that, uh, to that mainly or anyone French, you know, Belgian people who've been to the army. Yes. You know, the time is, is completely What's uh, required. in the way we approach it. Well, your military service is required of every citizen in Israel and I think France and a couple of other countries. So you learn immediately how strong you are. You know, sometimes, and this, this is where we get a disconnect in some other countries, you know, in, in countries like Israel, the women are equal to the men on the front line with fighting and using a gun. And I think that's a powerful way to train anybody in this world because it teaches you everything, discipline, time management things that you didn't think you could do before you could now do. It's almost like martial arts training. You, you, you know the levels, you know what you can do and what you're capable of. But I want to dig a little bit more into your workshops and the work that you do. What are some of the benefits of taking your classes and working with you? Because I'm sure you have case studies where people, their lives just catapulted right after they worked with you. So yeah. could you give us a, a couple of those? Because I really think these well, workshops are important. I had lots of clients who came to me afterwards and said, not only does my entire day look different and I'm much more calm and, and, and relaxed and I'm getting all these things done, my personal life has changed. And all of a sudden, my interactions with my spouse changed because we don't need to talk about logistics and administrations anymore when we get together. All of a sudden, we have this method where we run the house and we run the children, we run everything, all the errands that we need to do. We have them digitally going through those funnels that we built. So when we meet, we have time to think of and talk about and, you know, and have different type of communication going on between us. So they were surprised to see how that affected their personal lives too. So that was, that was nice to hear that not only affecting people's work, but actually their personal life too, the quality of the personal relationships. And I've seen companies who integrated the method and they're seeing a boost of productivity because meetings are less Meetings are shorter now. You know, people spend less time in meetings. People reply to all their emails. People think really well about how they manage your inbox. And all of a sudden, you don't need to remind people because a lot of companies, you constantly have to check up on a follow-up task. So you constantly have to check up. I sent you an email last week. You never replied to it. So all these circles that are never closing. And so people need to constantly follow up on everything they do because others are responding to them. So all those circles all of a sudden now close up because everyone's working the same method, so you don't have to check on open tasks anymore. Right. Uh, and that on its own saves like, you know, 30% of your time because you don't need to, you know, you have all these closed circles going on around you and all of a sudden everyone is becoming more efficient and the work is just uh, flawless and it's just really uh, easier to, to conduct. Another thing is people tend, in companies, people tend to embark or, or, or barge into other people's schedules or even to attend to their desk and pop questions to them. And all of a sudden, they stop doing that. All of a sudden, they approach people saying, listen, I want to talk to you about this and that. When would be a good time and place for you to have this conversation? 
So they're not starting a conversation by asking, did you email that client that did whatever happened? They're not starting the conversation with the content of the conversation. They're starting the conversation with when are we going and in which method, which platform is it going to be a face-to-face meeting, a phone call, an email? How are we going to approach this, this content, this topic, and when? So that is what they're approaching their colleagues with. And so that's a much more, you know, respectful and, and efficient way to approach project when you first of all decide when and how are we going to talk about it. And then we, we you know, we schedule it to the time and, and frame that we uh, decided on. And then I can carry on with my work and I don't have to think of the other topic that they just brought up. Right. Nice. Right. This is, I'm taking notes, by the way. I don't know if you're taking notes. I love, I, coming to the I, works in New York, Brad. I wanna- uh, uh, yes, I want to be there. This is amazing, and I'll tell you why. These are just subtle shifts that have incredible results. Like you say, high impact with minimum energy. So it, it, it's sort of like, like I love it. Yeah, it's time hacking. And I love when we have a guest on the show that really brings some tools that we can all really use, and they're very subtle. They're very subtle shifts. But it also sounds like you have some really in-depth tools and things that you're doing, and I don't want you to spill all the beans, but can you give us a couple of hints as to what we're going to learn when we work with you? I mean, this this sounds powerful, but I, I sense you're not giving us the whole... Between eight to a 10 hour workshop. So I, I really do yeah. have a lot of content going on in there, but do you want to hear a little bit about apps? Like, you know, Oh you yeah. Know, yeah. 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 Okay. Great. So I started talking before about Heim and another thing that we need to find our Heim for is when are we going to put time aside to learn new stuff, right? Because we constantly have to be students now in this information era we live in. We constantly have to upgrade our information and our knowledge about anything that we're doing and and interested in. So we have to put time aside that it's going to be dedicated for learning new things and following up on things we want to catch up on. And so people need to understand or to think and figure out when is their time for that activity. So, for example, I would give one hour a week where I'm going to read and, you know, scan an enormous amount of information that I've captured throughout my work week, and I'm going to read it on that hour. So, first of all, I decided that it's going to be, you know, the end of the week, in the afternoon, when all of my tasks and assignments are done, then I'm going to sit and, and just give one hour of going through new material and information. So, the app that I use for that is Pocket. I work with Pocket, and I strongly recommend, I think it's Pocket. What's it called again, please? Pocket. Pocket? How do you spell that? Like a pocket, P-O-C-K. Oh, okay, got it. Pocket. So Pocket is a really, really wonderful web app. What it does, it captures content online, but when it captures it, it will take away all the side menus, upper menus, ads, and images, and all the web noise around the web page. So it will capture only the text. So if you're opening an article that someone emailed you and you're opening it on your browser, once you cap you capture it into Pocket, you will get only the text. You get it without all the distracting objects around it. And when you open Pocket on your tablet, for example, 
uh, well, on any device, but I do it on my tablet. I only install it on my tablet. Um, you can work around with the background, so you can read black on white or white on black, and you can change the font and you can change the size of the font. And so you, what, you ha what happens is that if you've saved items on your pocket and then one, once a week you sit down and you're not around your laptop, you're with your tablet, you don't even have to be online because pocket gives you the, the content available offline also. So you can be away from your desk and you just sit down for an hour. You can really read fast through 50 pieces of content in an hour and just kind of scan quickly. And I will be doing that with my notebook and my pen next to me. So once I scan all the material, I can capture names, products, insights, quotes, whatever I want. I can just copy it to my notebook and then I can just delete the article after I've scanned it. So this is a combination of, first of all, finding the Heim. So that's, you know, the set of principles that I spoke about. And then using the app on the right screen, because I recommend if you're going to read a lot, do it on your tablet, not on your mobile. And I don't recommend doing it on your laptop because then you'll be distracted returning emails because that's really hard to resist. So I want you to be away from your email and I want you to have a nice big screen in front of you and you play with the background, you play with the, the fonts and sizes, and then you're adjusting that one hour to your own preferences and you can scan through really a big amount of information. And you know how, you know, every day you get like 10 emails at least that have some articles that you want to read. So yes. I open these emails, I save them to pocket, I delete them and I carry on with my work day and everything that I wanted to do on that day, because I know that once a week I have that one hour where I'm going to fast scan all that content that I save. So, wow. so there's a win-win, you know, you can just carry on working on your inbox, knowing that all this great content will wait for you for the right time and place using the right app, using the right communication format and that sense tablet. Nice. Awesome. That's so there's a hack for you. And <laughs> any other app? And there's other features in Pocket that I'm going to show in the seminar how to use. I can't get into it right now because I need to demonstrate it to you, but there's other features that I strongly recommend in that uh, app. And there are other features that I don't. There are some apps that I show which features to use and which features I don't recommend using and why. You know, it is, there's, right. really a lot of, there's a really a lot of importance in using several features, not all of them, and really not working with the default settings of every web tool that you get. You really have to yeah. work and make your own preferences of how to use it. That's nice. true. Very true. Yeah. Now I have a, a very important question. And I know you may have may touch on this. Where does a day off of rest <laughs> fall in, uh, in in this arc of the my method and the new way of learning? Yeah. Where does that fall in? Give me a day off. <laughs> I talk about the I talk a lot about the importance of taking time to rest and contemplate because there's a lot of brain research going on in the past ten years, and the research shows that our frontal lobe, frontal lobe that is in charge of all the new thinking, the new ideas, uh, the new insights, right, that area of the brain, that area which really is responsible for every new thinking, new ideas, new insights, all of our progress and development is laid in that area of the brain. That right. area kicks in and starts working only when we stare. <laughs> only when we stare, is it, <laughs> only when we stare, we need to stare 
in order to get that area working. And basically what it says, what it means is that our brain needs to rest in order to process and have new ideas and new thinkings. And, and That's new interesting. Nice. You cannot sit in front of your laptop or scroll through Facebook feed or browse the internet and get new insights. You have to be away from it. You have to be staring at the, at, at the horizon if you want that area of the brain to work. That's why people get their best ideas when they go out to jog, when they go in the shower, when they go on vacation, mm -hmm. they'll come back and say, I have this great idea. It's only when you walk away and you let your brain rest does it start working and processing and giving you the ROI that you really want to get from it? Wait, wait a minute. Wait so a minute. Resting is <laughs> like a crucial part of the Yeah. I have to write this down. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie, Emile Coué, all these great thinkers always said you have to stop and think before you can take action. You have to stop and... and process. Let, yeah, process. Let it digest. And now you're saying there's scientific evidence to prove that. For all those workaholics out there, we yeah. need a day off. <laughs> you need to work, you know, seven, six, eight, four hours a day. And the rest of the day needs to be dedicated to other activities that will enhance your work day that will then bring back value to that work day. Wow. And, wow. Yeah, it really is about getting as much more, as much leisure as you can if you want to be productive. That's the, that's the thing. So, so I'm going to ask this and I, I have to jump in now that you said this. How do you trick yourself? Because I know there are people listening right now who are like, I'm going to take every, let's say, Saturday off and go dark and think and write and do all this. And that happens maybe two weeks in a row, and then they go right back to their bad habit. How do you trick yourself, Bachin? How do you do that? Well, you don't have to do it a whole day. You know, you can do one hour a day where you dedicate okay. it to yourself, and you go out for a walk or a run, or you just sit quietly wherever you are, meditate, do your yoga. You know, there's a lot of it. And you can do it once a day for an hour, and that will be incredibly beneficial. You don't have to take a whole day or a whole week or a whole month. It actually is better if you take one hour a day rather than taking one week off. It's actually better to take those small breaks on your daily routine rather than those long breaks uh, at the end of the quarter or at the end of the year. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and the thing is, there's one big signal that you need to follow up on if you want to know when is the time to rest and let go. If you're, if, if you're trying to conduct a task and it's not easy, and it's, you know, you're banging your head against the wall because it's not going as you think it should have gone, and it's not easy for you, that's the sign that you're trying to do something that isn't on your high. And that's okay. the sign where you need to let go and move on to something else that's going to be easy for you to do, and then find another time where you're going to try to approach that difficult task again so you want to play around with it until you find a time where that task will be done with the minimum amount of effort and and with ease yes. so you, your signal to look for is 
when things get stressful, when things get hard, when you're not doing, you know, well, and like things aren't going very well, that's a, that's a, a signal where you need to let go. Nice. All right. That's a good signal. And uh, people have that with those signals a lot. Uh, we're coming to the end of the interview here. A couple more minutes. Any final thoughts uh, from yourself or even Brad yourself as well? Oh, go ahead. Bye, Chen. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear more from you about the work uh, you do. This- give, give the website too again at the end, please, so people can find you. Okay. So, so really is my main message is that everything is possible to do with ease. That, that's the main message for me. Uh, it's looking for the easy way to do things that is the right way. And we were taught the opposite. We were taught that hard work gets results. I'm yes. talking about the exact opposite. I'm talking about, about getting better work done and getting things done when you look for the easy way to do them, when the easy time with the, with the, with the good energies around it, that's, that's a thing. Not, not to work harder, but really to work smarter and with ease and enjoy the ride and have a life because it's really, really crucial for people to engage in their lives and not just in their work. Work is just part. It's just, you know. Right. Exactly. So yeah, so the website is Work Smarter, Not Harder. And as I said, I'll be in San Francisco February 21st and in New York February 28th. And dot tech. Work harder, not smarter, dot tech, right? Y- work yes. smarter, not harder, dot tech, right. right? Yes. And if you go on Eventbrite, I believe it is, your My Method workshop is there. It says My Method, your survival kit for working in the digital era. And it's going to be at the WeWork Trans Bay at 535 Mission Street in San Francisco, California. And it says on the invitation, Bethen, that it's February 22nd. And I want to make sure that the date is correct. It's both. It says um, February 21st and one on the 22nd. Okay. Right. You can sign up to either one. And then New York, February 28th and March 1st. Nice. And we'll put the link wow. for those in the Blog Talk Radio description show description so people can click directly on the link from the interview thank you thank you awesome yeah, yeah. excellent well it's been a what an exciting uh, interview both brad and i have made some notes i'm looking forward to uh, working less and being more efficient and so thank you so much for joining us again people work smarter not harder dot tech Nice. Look out for the Eventbrite uh, link in the Blog Talk Radio Show description for the workshops in San Francisco and New York. Any right. final words there, Brad? No, I was just excited to have Bethen on. And I, I, I am a big fan of how to work in the 21st century so you have a better life balance. And I was taking notes today. So my hat's off to you. Thank you so much. And anybody, you bet. And any, Thank you. And happy birthday with, to us. <laughs> All righty. Well, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtutall.com for details.